0: You can reach us at proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. I was having a discussion with a friend the other day, and we were discussing music. And after our conversation was over, I came to the realization that I don't think I really like music. I only like music that I know, and I like music that I'm aware of, but I'm not a general music buff in the sense that I can appreciate and enjoy and relate to all different kinds of music. The kind of music that I like is the kind of music where I know the song. And the reason that I think I like music because I know the song is because I like to sing. And I like to sing except for the fact that I don't really like to hear my voice when I sing because I'm a terrible singer. So if I've got my AirPods in and they're up pretty loud, I can sing as long as I can't hear myself. And then I certainly don't want anybody else to hear me. When I sing at church, I really enjoy the songs when they play them really loud because then I can sing and I can't hear my own voice and I can hear the music though. And when they ever sing the soft songs where you can actually hear your voice, my voice has a tendency to get very, very, very low so that I can't hear myself sing, nor can anyone else hear hear me sing. I think I'm pretty in tune with people that can sing really well and people that can't sing really well. When somebody misses a note, I cringe and I don't cringe because I'm better than them because I've already declared to you that I'm not better than them, but but I I, I have this empathy that, oh my, they just missed a note. But the people that can really sing that have these extraordinary voices, I'm I'm wildly impressed with them. And when I think of, of singers, it seems to me there's really a direct line between competent singers and, and singers that aren't competent. And I'm not saying that in order to be a competent singer, you have to be somebody that never misses a note, because I'm sure people miss notes all the time. But but there's a definitive line you can you can tell what it is and you can hear somebody that 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 sings and sings well versus somebody that may sing and may love to sing but they don't necessarily sing well. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, today's episode is on competence. We're in a leadership series. Uh, there are four parts to it. The first part last week was trustworthy. This week is competence, and the definition of competence is the ability to do something su- successfully or efficiently. Or the quality or state of having sufficient knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength, as far as that particular duty or in particular respect of that area. I know that we judge and measure competence all the time. There are so many times when I've been in a restaurant and said, "How did that cook or chef ever get this job?" Or a waiter or a waitress, or you know, teachers, or man, every single politician that exists. But competence is something that that we all have the ability to achieve in many different areas. So for me, I'm pretty competent in contact centers. I've been in them for 30 years. I kind of know them pretty well. I'm semi-competent at speaking. I'm, I do it a lot. Hopefully, you feel the same. When I was growing up, I was really competent at hitting a baseball. Uh, I think I'm pretty competent reading the Bible, uh, not necessarily knowing everything that's in it, but, but certainly competent in reading it. I think I'm competent at being a dad. I've uh, been doing that for a long time. I'm not really competent at any sort of tools of any kind. I've already told you that i uh, definitely not a competent singer. And I'm not competent at golf, although I really want to be competent at golf. And the main reason I know that is because I know people that are competent at golf. And, and I'm not them. But, but I am working on it, and my day will come sometime in the future. So we're going to talk about competence today in this leadership series. And I have to start with the fact that the way Proponacy sees leaders is that we believe that, that that great leadership starts with leaders who understand that people in the contact center need joy more than they need KPIs, a sense of purpose more than sophisticated monitoring, and a champion more than a supervisor. And you can't be a champion unless you have leadership. And the ability to lead. And that includes four successful traits. And last week, we talked about trustworthy. This week, we're going to talk about competence. So let's jump into it. What do you need to have competence in the contact center as a leader? Well, first up, you have to be someone they can respect. There's a book by Dr. Emerson Egerich. It's called Love and Respect. And it's a book about the relationships between men and women. And in the book, it says that women want love and men want respect. He bases his position on a couple of Bible verses, one that says, husband, love your wives, and another one says, women, respect your husbands. And it doesn't mean that women don't seek respect or that men don't desire love. It just means that that was the baseline of of how men and women see things. Uh, ironically, I think my wife would much rather... Uh, have me tell her that she's right, then tell her that I love her. But that's a totally separate subject. So Dr. Egerich takes this premise and he does a survey of men and women. And the question is, would you rather, uh, to, to women, would you rather be loved? You know, have, have your spouse tell you that they love you or respect you? or And for men, obviously, would you, same exact question. So when they do the survey for women, it comes back, you know, 98% of women would rather have their Husbands tell them they love them, then they respect them. When they did it for the men, 85% of men came back and said, I would rather my, my wife tell me that I was respected rather than loved. Blew my mind, except for the fact that that was the answer that I would have given as well. I tell you this story because those really are the two pillars that you'd want from the people that work for you, right? I mean, love and respect. and And I know love is 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 uh, probably a little bit stronger word, but you get the point. But we're talking here about respect and the importance of respect as a leader and and how critical it is that your employees respect you. and And that ability to have respect is something that's required as a leader. And in order for people to respect you, it means that you have the competence level to be respected. I can respect someone and a person that works for you can respect you if you're a nice person and they can respect you if you're honest, if you're fair, if you're true, if you're trustworthy, they're going to respect you. But you're never going to ultimately achieve the respect that you need unless you're competent. You have to be competent at your job. You just can't show up and not be competent. Now there are those that that have been leaders that that maybe don't understand the product or don't understand the service, and they've been able to be a great leader uh, because they're they've got some unique skills of communication or relationship. I don't know whether any of you are or watch any sort of um, online streaming, but there's a there's a, a show out right now on Apple called Ted Lasso, and Ted Lasso is a football coach who plays a soccer coach in England. He doesn't know anything about soccer, but he grow people grow to love him and respect him because he's kind and he's energetic, and he's motivating, and he believes in the people, but he doesn't know anything about soccer. And and, well, that's a TV show. If you're going to work in a contact center, in order for people to respect you, you have to be competent. You're going to have to have that level of respect. And you can have the love, but you've also got to have the respect as well. That's the uh, Emerson Egerich. So first one is you have to be someone they can respect. Number two is they say that it takes 10,000 hours to become a world-class expert. And that came from Malcolm Gladwell, who wrote a book uh, called Outliers. And in that book, he had kind of studied all the people that were brilliant. And, and he, he, came, he came to say that, that the Beatles spent 10,000 hours practicing and Bill Gates spent at least 10,000 hours uh, working on his software. And they had done a whole bunch of studies on violinists. I don't know whether it takes 10,000 hours to become a world-class expert, Because that would be 10 hours, I mean, 10 years at eight hours a day would get you to 10,000 hours. But in order to be an expert, in order to be competent at your job, it's going to require you to study. It's going to require you to put in the effort. It's going to require you to educate yourself. And it's not something you can just do overnight. It's something that you have to do over time. And it starts with, if you're going to be a leader in a contact center, you have to be a professional communicator. Not only do you need to know what the communication is that you need to be able to do, but you also need to be able to model it as well. And that requires effort and it requires study. And we're going to talk through the things that are necessary for you to be competent in your job, but it's not going to happen unless you put the work in. What's really unique about about any sort of leadership is, is that one day you're not a leader and the next day you are. And maybe you got a a two-week training session or a month-long training session. Maybe you even walk beside someone for a while. But the point is is that one day you're not a leader and the next day you are. So although they've given you the title and they've given you the position, it doesn't mean that you're able to exhibit leadership qualities until you're able to, to grow in your job. And in order to grow in your job, it requires that you study and it requires that you put effort in. And if you're going to be spectacular, it's going to take... 10,000 hours. I don't know whether you're going to be a first-line supervisor for for 10 years and at eight hours a day, or you're going to move on into management or move on to run a company somewhere. Who knows what else you might do? Maybe you'll end up being a leader uh, at, at your at your school where your kids go, or a leader at church, or a leader in some community affair, just a leader in your neighborhood. But it requires a lot of time and it requires a lot of hours. So I want to make sure that you understand and recognize that in order to be competent, it's going to require some effort. Third up is you, you need to know your job, and you need to know the job of the people that work for you as well. I mean, where are they going to go? You're the first place that you're going to go, and it doesn't mean that you don't have coaches or you don't have training people, but, but if you know the answers, if you know most of the answers, things get a lot more streamlined, they're a lot more effective, and a competent leader that understands the job that their employees are doing is wildly valuable, Wise advice means accurate advice. In order to give accurate advice, you need, to know, you need to know their job. And you need to know your job as well. But if I, if I know their job and I stay up to date and I, and I keep up to date with what's going on, I become a resource, at least a first-level resource for your employees to be able to come to. Now, when they come to you, uh, sometimes you want to give them the answer. Sometimes you want to force them to go take the effort to go learn the answer themselves. We talked last week about, about teaching a person to fish but we need to be in the business of modeling, modeling whether it's the soft skills on empathy or, or listening skills or professional etiquette or modeling the effort that it takes to be up to date on the latest news flash that came out or or new legal rules or uh, new change in greeting or whatever it is. Your ability to be able to know what those things are goes a long way to providing providing the kind of leadership that you need to be successful in the contact center. It doesn't mean that you need to know every single answer, but your focus and attention on understanding their job and being a resource for them will make uh, will make them more successful and it'll make you more successful. And one of the ways that you achieve competence as a leader is by, is by knowing uh, their job. And of course, I also said that you need to know your job as well, which means that you need to be constantly pursuing and looking for ways to get better and to better understand what it is that you're trying to do. A competent leader is someone that when they talk, other people listen to them. And they do that because they're trustworthy, because they've they've people have come to recognize and accept and are willing to work under or submit to your communications, which means that that you've normally got the right answer. You've certainly got their best interest in mind, but you've also got the right answer as well. And it's so so important that when 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 you talk other people listen there was an old uh, old commercial man way back in the day it was ef hutton and it said when ef ta- ef hutton speaks everybody listens and the commercial was such that that somebody would start to speak and all of a sudden everybody would turn and look at that person so when EF Hutton talks, people listen to e. EF Hutton. I don't, I don't even know if they still exist anymore, but they were a uh, brokerage firm. So they were they were recommending stocks and those kind of things. Well, in, in a contact center, you really have a small time to communicate, whether your people are sitting in their rows or they're sitting in their house. Your communication time, the time that you're actually going to be able to either exchange information, connect with them, um, teach them something, uh, redirect them, uh, challenge them, whatever it is you're doing, you're going to have a much smaller window because they're on the phones, and whether they're on the phones sitting sitting next to you in a cube, or whether they're on the phones at their house, you're going to have a small time to communicate. So when you talk, people have to people have to listen, which means that that in order to talk, you have to have the authority for them to to listen. And, and the only way they're going to you're going to have the authority for them to listen is either a you have some sort of information that they need to hear, whether that be new information that they need to follow, or uh, some sort of communication on their performance, or some sort of communication on something that's changed in the organization. So when you talk, um, other people need to listen. In order to be competent, that's something that never stops. Which means you've constantly got to be in the business of getting better. Competence requires that you continually get better. I'm sure you've heard the adage that uh, that sharks, if sharks don't move, they die. And if you've ever been to an aquarium, you'll see that they put a shark in a circle so that a shark can swim round and round and round and keep moving. Because when a shark doesn't move, they die. Well, if, if if you're not getting better, you're not going to be able to be the type of leader that you need to be. It really is a journey, not a destination. Leadership and leading people is something that's just ongoing. You constantly can learn. You constantly can get better. You constantly can 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 achieve new things. And you know what? It, it doesn't really matter what we're talking about. I mean, I know we're talking about leadership at a contact center, but if, if you're looking to be a bowler or a golfer or a fisher fisherman or any other singer, it's something that you've got to constantly be getting better at. You've got to constantly be looking for ways to improve and to get an advantage and to learn more about the game or about the about the job or about the task or about the skill so that you can get better at it. And then finally, in order to be a competent leader you have to be willing to step up be in charge be responsible to take ownership cuz cuz all that competence if you don't put it to use then you're you're not going to be the leader you need to be you need to be someone that makes decisions not somebody that guesses you don't guess and you don't guess because you've put in the hours so that you know what the correct answers are and 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 a leader makes decisions don't give away your authority and let other people make decisions now recognizing the fact that sometimes your leader or your boss may want to make that decision for you and there's some there's some authority that you've been given to make decisions within within your window and you need to make those decisions but sometimes if it falls outside of your area, you obviously need to look up to to your boss and find out what he or she wants you to do but but within the authority that you're given don't give it away you give away your authority by letting somebody else make the decision or going with, with some other plan that if, if it's better than yours, do it. But but again, if you're competent and you're and you're 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 measured and you've studied and you you've analyzed and you know the correct solution, then I want you to step up and be charged and be responsible and take ownership for your leadership because you are competent and capable of doing it. Competence is one of those areas of leadership that sounds obvious. Well well of course and, and it's especially true in a contact center because more than likely you were on the floor and you were competent on the floor. And as a result of your competence on the floor, they, you, you, know, you, you asked to, to get promoted or they recommended that you get promoted and now here you are a leader or now you're a leader's leader. And so competence got you into the position that you're in. So you might think that it's just something that, that comes naturally as a part of the equation, but it's not. It's something that needs to be worked on. And in order to be competent as a leader in a contact center, you have to be someone they can respect. You have to recognize that it takes a lot of time to be successful, 10,000 hours to be an, to be an expert, which means you're going to constantly be getting better at your job. You need to know your job and you really need to know the jobs of the people that work for you. When you talk, other people are going to Listen. And when you take authority and are responsible, you exercise your competence as a leader in the contact center. Well, there you go, part two in our leadership series on competence. Just a side note, if you happen to see me somewhere and you have a desire to sing, just turn the music up really, really loud and I'd be happy to sing with you. It was great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Don't forget, you have the full capacity to be a spectacular leader, just go make it happen, apply it, stay focused, start working on those 10,000 hours and you'll get there very, very soon. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.